All right, we left off in the book of Galatians. Uh, that is, if you're looking in your Bibles after the Corinthians, I'm sure. Remember, they put Paul's letters in, in, in the um, order of lengths, so Galatians and Ephesus and Philippians and Colossians. So... You guys don't have to sneak in. It's okay. I knew you guys were there. But we are in the book of Galatians. Uh, to the church of Galatia, uh, which if you look at this map that's up on the board, you can see where this area is. It's all of this red area here. So when he says it's to his church, a lot of times we get in the mind like it's to Laughlin Community Church and not to St. John the Baptist Church. But this is to an entire area, the church in this entire area. And so it probably was meant to be uh, passed around. See, one of the things they would do often is he would send it, whoever he sent it with was also trained in how to read it and answer questions that might arise so he might send it with someone, and they would, they'd be trained in how to, so they would stand up, and uh, this uh, would, uh, they would, so, they, so whoever this person was, they would go, and they would read the letter out loud, and, um, and they would uh, um, answer questions and, and, and be trained how to read it so that it comes across properly. And then they would also go to the different chapter houses, I guess you could call it, or the different uh, places in, that were meeting in the area, uh, all under the Church of Galatia, read it so, you might, so that person may have read it several times. And then that letter may have been given off to be shared with other churches. So it's, uh, it's uh, one of those things. Um, but um, let's see. There it is. Outline. No. Um, introductory material in verses 1 through 10 of chapter 1. And then Paul and why they should listen to him. And then grace over law. An appeal to Galatians. Freedom in Christ and conclusion with a personal appeal. So he opens it and closes it just in the standard. This is the same kind of standard we've seen in other books. I don't want to get too, too much into what that means because it's the same pattern he's used in the other letters that we've already seen. Paul, the apostle, sent from men, men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ, God of the Father, who raised from the dead, and to all the brothers with me. Um, not much in the argument that Paul wrote this. 
though I'm sure someone out there will argue it. <laughs> Just because there's always that guy. But um, when you think of Galatians, what do you think of? You think, wow, I've never read it. Or uh, I read that once. I read all Galatians and then Ephesians and then Philippians and then Colossians and I couldn't tell you what's in any of them. <laughs> what do you guys think of? Summation of Romans. There, there is a, a definite um, elements of that in there. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Galatians. Uh, yeah. Um, anyone else? It's your opinion. There's no wrong answer. Just want to throw that out there. It's what you think of it. <laughs> it's a short book. It is. It's one of those we can actually read. You're like, oh, I can tackle that. That's not big. That's only six chapters long. I can get through that. I know when I was starting to read the Bible, I, I looked for books like that. I can read that one. Isaiah, let's paint that for later. But I can read Galatians. Um. <laughs> uh, Paul's purpose as he writes this is really about to the church in, or the churches in Galatia, to bring them back to the gospel. They've deserted the gospel, accepted false, a false gospel, a false good news. And his writing is about getting back to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons why he goes into, not the only reason, but one of the reasons he goes into such detail who he is as an apostle. Because he's preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And he has the right to do so as an apostle. Um, including dealing with some issues that they were probably uh, responding to as they were thinking about uh, in, um, what is it, 2.11. He's probably responding to some concerns that the churches in Galatia have put, presented for him when he says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him face to his face because he was clearly wrong. He's, 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 he's dealing with issues that they probably, well, but Peter said, you were against Peter, so therefore you can't be an apostle, you can't be right. We still actually still hear that kind of argument today, why we shouldn't listen to Paul. Um, and people talk about Jesus versus Paul and how Paul changed Jesus' teachings. Uh, he didn't, but they still see that argument out there. Same thing that Galatians is dealing with. Because people, because Paul did oppose Peter at one point. Because Peter was a part of that group that was pro, you have to get circumcised. Um, and he says, you know. And so he opposed him and said, you know, you're wrong. It's, it's not a for, you know, they don't need to be circumcised. And we already talked about that when we talked about Acts chapter 15. But that moment in Acts chapter 15 is so influential that it's even coming up here in Galatians. 
um, he'll say in 2, what is this, 2, 15 and 16, we know who are, we who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not observing the law because by observing the law, no one will be justified. And so he's arguing against that, that all that whole argument is going back to that Acts chapter 15, that argument. And so he's, this is what happened. And so he's, he's clearly dealing with responding in this letter to probably a letter or rumors that has been brought to him. And said, so, well, I need to deal with this issue because I'm not going, you know, I oppose Paul, Peter because of this, not because... I'm not an apostle, or not because I'm trying to overthrow Peter as an apostle, or not any none of that. Um, just because he was wrong. Uh, Gentiles were preordained, is what he will say in the scripture. The election. A lot of times in the scripture, we talk about election, um, and um, I've said this before. We like to individualize, make it individualized. You know, it's about you. But a lot of times, Paul is actually talking about y'all. He's not talking about you. He's talking about y'all, the Gentiles. Gentiles as a whole were preordained. He's not talking about the individuals. And a lot of times, we, so when we do those word studies and we just kind of grab things out of context, we, um, and we, we often get it wrong. This is about, you know, and, and that's not even what it's talking about. And we're not dealing with the same thing Paul was talking about. And, and, and I'm not going to say all cases are about that, but a lot of the cases are. He's clearly talking about the Gentiles. So, um, true and false gospel. Um, true gospel. I'm going to sum up Galatians here. God of Israel has from ancient times been working to save a people from their sins. Uh, David's descendants, not David's descendants, do I have David's descendants up there? I do. David's descendant, Jesus, announced by, uh, as a typo, announced by John the Baptist, is the Savior um, from God, uh, from God. The message that salvation lies in Jesus has been entrusted to Jews like Paul as well as to non-Jews who will receive it. Old Testament prophets attesting the good news that there is salvation in Jesus Christ. He's claiming that even all this, the old prophets are, are claiming about um, Jesus Christ. It's going back to Jesus Christ. And therefore, all who hear the message about Jesus Christ are urged to receive and be joined to God's people. And that's what he's saying the, 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 the true gospel is. Going back to the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is king. It's been proclaimed since the beginning. This is what the Old Testament, not talking about, it's talking about Jesus. Getting ready for Jesus. That's why we went through the Old Testament first. Because Jesus is throughout the Old Testament and um, I'm always uh, 
we have to be quick not to jump to Jesus in the Old Testament, but Jesus is there. When I mean jump to Jesus, is sometimes you can take a passage way out of context and just throw Jesus in. You can throw Jesus anywhere in the Old Testament. Um, and we can take things out of context, take them out of what the author was trying to say, and just put Jesus in there, and then that would be a mistake. But the author is referring to a Messiah and God's promise and through faith and not about works. That's throughout the Old Testament when we read it. And that's about Jesus. We don't need to put Jesus in at places they don't belong. It doesn't belong. He doesn't, you know, because we can throw Jesus everywhere. Uh, so we're really good about that, you know. We'll take this passage, and we're not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to read it with our point of view, because Jesus was an American. <laughs> and he had a gun. <laughs> But, you know, what we, we do, um, jumping to Jesus, that when I say jumping to Jesus, I just mean throwing Jesus in there without considering, is that what the authors are referring to? Are they referring to the Messiah? Is there something else they're trying to do? Because one of the things we have to do when we dialogue with history, we dialogue with the, past, the, the, the text, is what was the author trying to say? And we have to take our encyclopedia and put that aside and try to adopt, figure out their encyclopedia, their dictionary, and, and that's hard. <laughs> so what were they trying to, what are they trying to do? And then when we do that, we actually see that Jesus is throughout it in amazing, astonishing ways that make way more sense than some of the ways I've heard Jesus being thrown in the Old Testament anyway, you know. You know, like Satan did it. You know, you ever, you know, the devil in there too. Satan did it. Um, I knew a guy who used to keep a cross behind his computer so that uh, Satan couldn't attack his computer. I'm like, well, stop downloading porn and you won't get viruses. <laughs> um, but, um, but there were misguided, misguided leaders in the church of Galatia that Paul is talking against. Um, and these false teachers, uh, these uh, leaders that view things, uh, you know, he'll basically say if they view things different than me. Um, remember, there is no Bible yet. That's something we have to keep in mind. There's not even a, a New Old Testament yet. There's different scrolls people are using, and different churches may have different options. And some churches had, well, you had like, most churches had the Torah, right? The first five books of the Bible. They had the Torah scroll. That was sacred. That was in the back of the, where they would keep it behind the, the, the rabbi, and he'd pull it out, and they'd all read from the Torah. That was in pretty much universal. But then what about Isaiah. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, different churches had access to different things. Remember, there's no printing press now, and things are scarce. So some churches would have the full canon, and some churches would have more, and some churches would have less. And, and so, you know, and so this is one of the things that, they, that he's talking about. There's no New Testament at all yet. 
Um, it's being written. Paul's writing it. He, I don't know if he ever realized that that's what he was doing, but he's writing the New Testament as he's writing these letters. And, um, and so he said, you know, don't stay away from the teachings. Um, false teachers usually don't start, you know, they, you know he, he warns them. And um, I'm going to sum it up. False teachers don't start out with wild claims. They start out sounding familiar. And they worm their way in. And then all of a sudden, like uh, that frog in the boiling water, you're following them and you're out of it. You know, I don't know what's going on. You're out. Well, I say false teachers because he doesn't say how many there were, even who they were. It's not his teachings. He's saying, follow my teachings. But the false teachers that are there that apparently have led people astray into these other, other things, like going back to saying, hey, we need to work harder. Um which is a false teaching that's persistent in today. We can get to heaven by works. It's all about being good, right? No. Um, so he'll spend actually quite a bit of time on grace and law. You know, salvation is a gift of God. And so he'll go on to say, we work, you know, it's for free. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's chapter 5. Stand firm and then do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Don't have to be caught up in the law, in, in, in these, these work-based religion that was actually not biblical in the beginning, to, to begin with. A lot of people say, well, the Old Testament was all about works. It's not. There are, yeah, there's like 613 laws, which is like nothing compared to, you know, how many laws you follow just to get here to church. Um, yeah. um, but it wasn't about the works. It, you know, Isaiah is very clear, you know. I'd rather have your heart than your all the sacrifices. You know, Hosea does that. Um, you know, Ezekiel. They, they, they're very clear that it's not about the works and that people have twisted the Old Testament, you know, what, what will become the Old Testament, and made it about works. And, you know, and Paul's not trying to overthrow the Old Testament. He's just trying to go back to the teachings of Jesus. It's not about works. We work because of the free gift that is salvation. It's a response. You know, a heart that has worshipped God is a heart that's going to serve. I can always tell when, um, you know, when you go to, you ever been to one of those church services, maybe this church service, where, you, you know, you've got that emotional high going on? And I'm not saying those things are necessarily bad. You know, we like those, you know, feel like the Holy Spirit moving. But you can tell when it's real, when it doesn't end at the church service. And the heart, and I'm not just talking about how they feel good the next day. I'm talking about the heart that worshiped God 
wants to serve God. You know, look back at, you know, my passage that, that I, uh, you know, that when I was accepting the call into the ministry, uh, that God kept putting in my heart, Isaiah chapter 6, you know, after there's the worshiped God, that was when the recognition of who he was, recognition of who God was, and that he was a sinner, and there was worship going on, holy, 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 that's when I, uh, Isaiah came to the point where he says, here I am, send me. A heart that has worshiped God is a heart that's going to serve God. And so you can tell when it's just, you know, when it's just uh, an emotional high, because we do that. We, you know, we get in those emotional highs because then it ends with the emotional high. And most people that like, you know, have those emotional highs keep looking for the next, next fix. I, we, <laughs> I knew a, a person, and this is kind of off topic, but um, he, um, he wasn't a drug addict. He was an emotional high addict. And it was, he uses religious ceremonies, always looking for that next rush. That next, and it was, it was just like a drug to him. There was no service of God in his life. It was just that next, next. And it became harder for him to get it. Because, you know, our bodies are trained that way, you know. We need have to come down before you can get back up, right? And so, it was, he's, but he's always searching for that next. And so he, you know, well, this church isn't doing it for me. I'm just, you know, and then so he skipped to a next church because he wasn't getting that. God wasn't moving at this church no more because he wasn't getting the same rush. And then he'd go to the next church, and and that'd be good for a while until it, it, it wasn't anymore. And then he'd go to the next church until that church wasn't doing it. Because God's not moving at that church because it wasn't getting, because it wasn't about God. It was about that high he was getting. But he said it was about God, right? And then he started his own church where he could until he wasn't getting it there either. He ended up doing all kinds of sinful things. And a zealous. Could. I mean, you can be zealous for the Lord in your service, and that would be different than what we're talking about, but it definitely could fall under that, that definition. Um, yeah. Absolutely. What did
right? You expect to worship. And sometimes God does take away our passion for a church because he wants us to move on. I mean, because we can get comfortable in a church and God's like, I need you to go somewhere else because they, like Pastor Manuel came here. We needed him. He had to get to the point where he was unhappy with where he was at before he could move. And God took away that, what was going on there, that passion that was there, so he would move to where he needs to be right now. And that's, that's okay, but yeah, but when you're going for that, when you're just, I'm not going here because I'm not feeling it anymore, and then you, you could, the, we, church jumpers, um, it's, it's, very, it's very immature, right? We're just looking for that. And um, you know, we're off topic, but you know, um, but that's, that's, that's something we got to deal with, is that... Um, that you know, because because a heart that truly has worshipped, and going back to this is is is, is a truth to heart. You, they're not about that high. It's about what happens after it. A heart that has truly worshipped God is ready to serve God. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Oh, wasn't that wonderful? It was last Tuesday. I wasn't here for it. Um, let me see if I'm saying, you're saying that it's the opposite of the high, it's about the peace that God has brought you in, in the moment of worship? Okay, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say the opposite necessarily, but I would say definitely it's not about the high anymore. You have entered into the face of God um, through an emotional response, which God gave us our emotions, I often enter into God more of an intellectual. That's that's me. Um, but He uses our emotions to enter us into His presence all the time. That you know, and 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 so it's not. And so you've entered into His presence by that emotional response, and then He has given you a a word, or you know, a a, a command, or a statement and he doesn't speak like well i've got this special revelation for you i need you to go no he uses the scriptures um he doesn't say tell me what to do and i'll go do it that's actually i heard a pastor say that the other day um and that kind of upset me 
because I was listening to a pastor online, and he said, God asked me what he, I needed to do. And I was like, whoa. So you get to tell God what to do? That's not how that works. Um, Um, actually, there's quite a different, better differences between Jehovah's and, um, and the primary group of uh, Christianity, the, I guess the mainstream uh, or more centered. Jehovah and Mormonism are both kind of outliers in the Christian faith. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't even throw either one of them technically in the Christian faith, but, um, but according, well, never mind. Um, but um, there are several differences. Um, that might be something we need to address, and I could put together like several different differences, and we can go through that. Um, let me put that on the calendar, and I'll let you know when we're going to do that, and we will go through that. Um, we can take a break from what we're doing and we can stop and, and go through Jehovah's Witnesses and we'll talk about what they believe and um, not next week. I'm tied up. We will, I'll get back to you exactly when we're going to do that and, uh, and we will do that. That sounds like a good plan. I'm looking around. I see several other people are interested in knowing that as well. So we'll make sure I put that on the calendar. Um, Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Actually, I've taught a whole lesson on that. Not here. I don't think I've done that in this church, but I have done that in the past. We actually one church I was at. We we spent an entire sixteen weeks on all other other religions, and uh, we talked about Buddhism and Hinduism and Jehovah's and Mormonism and and Islam and a lot of fun, but I will put that on the calendar and I'll let you know when we're going to do that. Sound okay? 
because that's going to take like an hour. <laughs> All right. So, um, where was I? What else? Okay, let's go back to um, grace and law. There we go. We work because of uh, the free gift, uh, sanctified because we are justified. Um, he doesn't talk about opposing the law, uh, just realizing that, f- that following the law, even if it's perfect, will not save us. It's, it's only through faith that we are justified. Um, and that's why he says... Um, this, you know, that's why he you know, goes back, uh, like in chapter 6, verse 11. See what Laura, uh, uh, this is actually interesting. I like this part. We don't get this, we don't get to see his actual letters. He says, see what large letter I use as I write to you. This is, we know that Paul was not writing most of these letters by himself, but he actually wrote th- this section himself, and he writes big a lot of people speculate that he actually is going blind at this point, or at least losing his eyesight. Uh, I know some of you got your cheaters on you. They didn't have cheaters. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of you are like, I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, and he's trying to write, and he says, "See what I write, Mama? Those who want to make a good impression out there, trying to compel you to be circumcised." The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that, you, they, that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I, do, and I to the world." Neither the circumcised, circumcision nor the uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to, to the Israel of God, uh, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ may be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Um, it's not about circumcision. You know, like I said, this letter, in my mind, when I think about it, it's all about that response to Acts chapter 15. That Galatians, the church of Galatians have been people have been dealing with um, okay um, anything else we need to say about Galatians Well, that's if you count Hebrews as one of Paul's letters. I don't. 
Um, it is one, I mean, that is argued, um, and that's okay. I'm not going to kick you out, David. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, Galatians is actually probably written before Romans, but absolutely, there's the, the same idea is in there. As the just shall live by faith. I don't have any definite answers for myself. I am unsatisfied. I personally, and I'll talk about this when we talk about Hebrews, but I it it's it's written too differently for me than than the rest than the other letters of Paul. Uh, it just. Um, and I've read. I don't know, thousands of people answer thousand different people, right? There's no, Hebrews doesn't get claimed. Um, It doesn't say Paul wrote it. It doesn't say um, it. I had a college professor who thought Apollos, one of Paul's uh, disciples, wrote it. Um, I don't know. Um... We sanctify because we are sanctified. We justify. We are justified by faith. Therefore, we go through the process of sanctification. Those are big words. Justification just means to be made right with God in the legal sense. In the court sense. You're, you're found not guilty before the king judge of all the universe. Sanctification means just to be made more like a saint, <laughs> more godly, more like Christ. Glorification is where we are found to be glorified in the end after this earthly, pass, this earthly sinful body passes away and we are. So, them big words. And once you get out of college, you never use it again, right? <laughs> um, all right. We do not have time to go through Ephesians, so I'm not going to go through Ephesians today. We'll, start, we'll, we'll pick up Ephesians next week. Um, but we do have something else that I want to do, talk about before we go. And that is, oh, I need David up here. See, David is leaving us for the summer. He does it every year, and we're always thankful when he comes back. But he misses Teacher Appreciation Sunday. So I'm going to give him his gift today. David, we appreciate you. We love you. David does such a wonderful job teaching our classes on Tuesday morning and Sunday school and uh, we definitely notice when he decides it's too hot here in Laughlin. But he does such a wonderful job. He brings so much to our church and we're always thankful that he's here. Um, So I know I personally look forward to when he gets back in October, so.
<laughs> We're already writing it down, counting down to David. <laughs> um, so, um, but we are grateful for you. So, all right. Uh, is there anything else we want to say? We're 15 minutes early, so we got a little time to talk. But I don't, I don't want to start at Ephesians because I can't finish it in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you were all, all about what I was doing when I was there, but now you've got these false teachers that are teaching you completely different stuff, and you're treating them like that too. Um, as a pastor, I know that, um, that feeling. Wait, you're going up against everything I taught you. Did it really hit you at all? Were you not listening? Uh, I'm sure David knows that feeling too. Did you hear me? <laughs> yeah. He does. Well, that's it's the ones inside. We we know not to listen to the ones outside the church. It's the ones that come in from inside the church that sneak in there. I know that's one of the things I always have to watch out for. It seems like the people that have no desire, no need to be teaching are the first one to say, I want to teach a class. And you're like, whoa, what's your name again? <laughs> have you had any kind of, what, where'd you come from? What's your belief background? What do you believe about some, <laughs> I want to teach you class, though. I know we, uh, this is totally off topic, kind of on topic, but we had a guy come to the door here one Sunday, uh, one day, um, I think it was just me and Babs were here, and he wanted to sign up to teach the youth. He drove in from wherever he was at and wanted to sign up to teach the youth. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> I have no idea who you are. I'm not going to give you access to our kids. <laughs> and then he got upset and left when I told him no. You're just not being biblical. Okay? I'm being a good shepherd. <laughs> But it's but but the, the, the uh, you know we so it's like the people outside the church we not we, you know we it's the people inside the church that really are the ones that well you know I I thought I knew you I was at a church um, in Kentucky and um, she was a a wonderful teacher and woman and and I thought I knew she, what she was teaching and then I I was started hearing some things. You know, as I was a youth minister at the time, I'm like, this is... And so I sat in on our classes. And she had come to the conclusion that Jesus manifested himself in many different ways. So Buddha was Jesus. And she was teaching it to the youth. And I'm like, you've got to leave. I can't have you teaching this. And I thought I knew who she was. 
You know, she was there before me. The last pastor had trusted her, told me she was a good teacher. I was, you know, so I was relying on that, and I had spent some time with her as the youth minister, and I thought, Being slain in the spirit's okay if it's real. Uh, a lot of times it's not. I remember going to a church. That's one of the wonderful things about traveling is you get to go to all kinds of different churches. I remember going to a church one time that it was really exciting the first time I was there. You know, they were in the Holy Spirit, they're moving. And I started attending a few times, and it was always the same woman that was being slain by the Spirit every week. Started shaking and running the aisles, and it was like, and the first time I thought, this is cool, but it was always the same woman. And it's like, I think something's going on here that isn't about the Holy Spirit. It's about you wanting the attention of running the aisles, and which upset me, because, you know, you want God to move, you know, you like seeing God move, and you hate seeing people take advantage like that. Anyways, um, all right, let's be done. We're 10 minutes early. We got time. Most of you guys are like high school, senior breakfast tomorrow morning. If you get out and about, I'll be here about nine-ish because I got to get them people to school. <laughs> uh, they're excited. It's the last day of school. <laughs> All right. Um, well, they said 44. Now, I don't know if that's the official final count. Um, but that's what I was told. So, well, it could be. I don't know if there's anyone from Searchlight this year or not. I think it's just Laughlin. It's not Bullhead. It's just Laughlin. So, yeah. So it's pleased to see. I know they were working hard. Some of them realized, you know, last week that they needed some. <laughs> um, and the teachers are being wonderful and grading their stuff. Hungary. <laughs> Actually, CCSD policy, I think, now states that we can't grade it off of tardiness or participation. There was a whole bunch of things that seemed, to, like, strange to me on the, the new grading policies by CCSD. <laughs> Lots of strangeness. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't judge them by participation, by... Um, by late tardiness, by attendance. I mean, it was, um, I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason behind it, but it didn't make sense to me, but I wasn't part of that conversation, so I'm not going to judge what they're saying. I'm just saying 
that's there. <laughs> I said I wasn't part of that conversation, so I don't know what's going on. But I just know I read the thing. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful blessing and just being here together, Lord. We pray that um, uh, you be with the situation in Texas with, those, uh, with the, the gunshot victims, um, 18 children, at least that's what I heard last, um, Dad, Lord, we pray you be with those families as they're, they're, they're crushed and the devastation in their community. Um, Lord, we pray that you heal people's hearts. Um, such hopelessness that would lead someone to do such a thing. Lord, we pray that you be with us as we travel down this road, that we may be a lighthouse for your love, that we may um, make a difference in someone's lives, or that, that may end up on that road, that we that we would be the lighthouse that brings them to you instead of down that path. Uh, help us to hurt, help the hurt and the, 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 the poor and the, uh, with the means that you have given us, Lord. We pray that, uh, pray that you take us uh, this, this time that we're gathering together just to, to look at your scriptures, Lord, and we know that it's ever too quickly, but we we know that uh, you're, you will be with us as we dive deeper in on our own times and, and as groups. And will let us have a strong foundation in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.